0: The under center podcast hello and welcome to this latest edition of the under center podcast i am your host Darmar, and i am delighted to be joined by the returning reen malloy reen um we were kind of both on our sick beds there last week and we gave the show up to jake and and al to sort of you know take the reins for a week which they did a very very good job in but um how are you feeling
1: yeah, I'm feeling good. I mean, the, the Panthers win at the weekend kind of helped bring me back to full health. Um, so, yeah, um, it feels like it's been a while since I've been on the podcast, to be honest.
0: Yeah, on the opposite end of things, yeah, the Seahawks made me sicker over the weekend because of (laughs) their performance over in Germany. But that and a very successful uh, weekend for the first ever weekend in Germany for the NFL. Um, the atmosphere at the game sounded fantastic. Um, all the videos in the week leading up to it with the events and um, what uh, the head coaches and players had to say about the organization was um, top-notch as well. So a really, really successful uh, first outing it seemed for the NFL in Germany.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the only thing that let it down was the quality of the pitch. It kind of got a bit torn up very, very quickly, Uh, but I don't know, maybe that's down to the cleats that the guys wore uh, on the day. Um, But yeah, it seemed to not really last as long as maybe the other games like Wembley did. Um, in terms of the pitch condition.
0: Well, yeah, I think when it seems to be whenever they go over to these international stadiums, there are some teething problems when it comes to the pitches at the start. Wembley got a lot of criticism at the start for cutting up a lot too. Um It's only the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is the one that has a an actual NFL field ready to go that they can change. And maybe that's something that they're going to have to look into if they can organise it in the sense that they can... Organized to get a NFL-style turf or or grass or field ready for them for um, that game, or yes, like you're saying, maybe getting the appropriate footwear, maybe more along the lines of football boots rather than American football cleats. Right. Um, But look, and look, none of us unfortunately got the chance to go. We were offered the chance. Um, Little backstory: last minute, we as a show applied for media credentials for the the Munich game and and we did the same for the, the for the London games unfortunately we were unsuccessful for the London games but the deadline for the Munich one was back in September and we heard nothing whereas for the London games we were told we were unsuccessful so we assumed that we were unsuccessful um then fast forward to last Thursday night i think was it the, when i text you guys into the group that we got the email that we were given one of the two passes that we applied for. Um, cue me frantically going onto the Aer website, pricing up flights and hotels, and realizing that um, I am not in a position at the moment to pay that much for a last-minute flight to Munich um, and the accommodation that would have to go with it. It is unfortunate. I would have loved to have been there. But, hey, look, we know for next time we're in, it may be for the Super Bowl to order the tickets in advance. Yeah, maybe. Let, let's, let's
1: do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am all on board. I'm already putting money away for Arizona in February at the moment. But it is, I think now as well, it's kind of like the first uh, sort of chilly night we've had uh, since we've our mild November is over. It's getting into winter now. And I wanted to ask you this question. It's totally off, off football and everything like that because... This was the first time of the year now that I got to have a coddle. And I, I, you know, it's an Irish staple. I hope you're a fan of coddles before we go any further.
1: 100%.
0: Absolutely, am. No, good, good man, good man. And for, look, American or even British fans that wouldn't know that what they are, coddle is basically like a stew. But <clears throat> the thing that puts it apart from a stew is the uh, sausages. And I hope you boil your sausages as well.
1: Absolutely. You can't fry them uh, before you
0: put them in. That just ruins it. Good man, good man. But the burning question about this is, it's not about the boiled sausages and how many you put in. It's not about how much ham you put in. What's the base? How do you make your coddle?
1: Uh, I hate to say it. I'm a posh boy. I use oxtail soup as my base. So I go with the brown coddle as opposed oh. to the white coddle. Oh, now that's not the answer I was expecting. That's not when right. you said you're going to disappoint me.
0: I thought you were going to say you're going to use a, a white base, like a mushroom soup or something like that. But no, we're the same. We here we do a oxtail, um, oxtail vegetable soup mix, and that's our base. And it's just so much better, isn't
1: it? Absolutely, 100%. is. Yeah. Uh, there's people who make it on milk, which is just disgusting. Wait, what
0: who makes it on milk?
1: Yep. Uh name and people.
0: shame i want you to name and shame those people right here i
1: i i can't i can't uh, it's <laughs> privileged information but yeah it's disgusting
0: look i know i know people that use a mushroom soup base um and unfortunately i i can't i uh, i can't uh, agree with that at all and i can't get on board with that that's uh it's not for me it doesn't help the fact i don't like mushroom soup either but even if i did i don't think i would like it as part of my company no one hundred percent agree. No. It's the same with a stew; like you don't have a mushroom soup stew. Yeah, that feels you know? too French or something. Just it does, doesn't away it? Yeah. Yeah, it? Yeah, it does. I am not gonna have that. But look, I am glad we agreed. I am so happy I don't have to kick you off the show, and I am so I am <laughs> delighted by that. I am absolutely uh, doing this show by myself for the rest of it. Would have actually been a bit of a struggle, um, but we have a, a number of topics to talk about tonight. Loads of questions coming out of uh, week ten of the NFL season. Before we get into some of the stuff of the weekend. Let's have a quick look back, actually, at um, the Monday Night Football. Uh, That was, of course, the Washington Commanders beating the uh, Philadelphia Eagles by 32 points to 21. The scoreboard was a little... um, It was topped off a little bit, of course, by that uh, defensive touchdown with the last play of the game, with the Eagles trying to push for the win. But the Commanders now have done it twice in the last couple of years. They did it in 2020 against the Pittsburgh Steelers, beating them when they were on 11, on their 11-0 start. They've done it now to the 8-0 Eagles, making them the 8-1. And so important as well in terms of the division too. But your thoughts on, on this game in general?
1: Yeah, I saw one guy summing up as, uh, you know when you're playing Madden and Madden just decides you're not going to win a game. That's what it kind of felt like for the Eagles in this one. Um, Everything that could go wrong kind of did. They really helped the commanders out a lot uh, by giving away some needless penalties on defence. The one that uh, stands out to me most is um, the roughing the passer call after the ball. uh, Taylor Heineke kind of dropped back. He was about 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage and he just took, uh, he basically slid uh, and he was hit like two seconds later. That one really stood out to me.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you and I'm glad you brought that up because there's people still giving out that that wasn't the right call, but it was totally the right call. Like the, it was He'd like giving himself it, up. It was a long two seconds after he gave himself up. And then Brandon Graham decided, you know, I'm coming in here at this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He absolutely leveled him, And like, that's, that's just not okay. As a quarterback, I have been hit a couple of times while on the ground. We play NCAA rules, right? So that means as soon as my knee touches the ground, I am no longer uh a, uh, in play player, if you know what I mean, and I have been hit multiple times, and it is an issue of concern because the safety comes into it, right? And uh, yeah, it was a weird play, I guess, frustration from Graham, but you know, at the same time, it you, you can't be doing that. It gave the um, it gave the commanders that opportunity to kick the field goal that really put the game out of the reach of the commanders,
0: yeah, and command- the Eagles exactly yeah and the commanders you know they controlled the ball and and the time of possession so much in this game um it, they did the thing they kept the ball out of the hands of the dangerous players in the eagles team um which meant that they can control the game and they were fantastic on third down la- as well last night um i think they were over 80% of third uh, third down conversions which was so important um the Video afterwards of Ron Rivera as well brings a tear to your eye almost. Of you know, he and obviously brought a tear to himself, you know, just um, losing his mother just recently. And you know, um, I'm sure that that was a, a very emotional game for him. And, and it's great to see that he's um, he's starting to get results for the effort that he puts in. Um, the big sort of you know, controversial call that came out of this game was. The turnover from Dallas Goddard, um, from I think it was Jamin Davis was um who turned the ball over. But in the replays, you saw a clear face mask um resulting in the uh the fumble and also injuring Dallas Goddard in the meantime, too, and, and um could potentially um end his season. Now they're not saying that at the moment, but they are going to mm-hmm. um see how his shoulder progresses during the week, but you know, Rain, when you see such a blatant, you know, face mask in a replay on a turnover like that, you know, all um, turnovers are reviewed. Um, should there be some sort of res- retrospective rule in this one? Something is as clear and obvious as that face mask was, that the fumble should be turned over and that the penalty flag should be given to the commanders on that end, that end. Yeah yeah
1: it's a strange one for me because by my recollection um it's obviously been a long time since I did any refereeing courses but by my recollection uh the face mask rule is reviewable, but because it was a review of the fumble, it was no longer part of the play. But I mean, like in this one, it was quite clear that that face mask was part of the reason Dallas Goddard lost control of the football. So I struggle to see why it would be an issue in this case to make that part of the review. Now, I know it's only going to happen once every you know, couple of years where you see something like this, where a penalty may offset a fumble or a turnover in possession Uh, but still it seems odd that that is not a reviewable uh, aspect of the play if there's a turnover in possession.
0: Yeah totally and we saw I think the first breakout game as well for the rookie running back of Brian Robinson um, after his issues at the start of the season especially just for the second and you could probably say third or fourth effort um, that he showed for his touchdown as well he refused to go down Um, He knew exactly where he was. He was able to put his hands out and break the plane to get that touchdown. But um, certainly the the rookie is starting to find his feet there in the commander's offense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was an excellent touchdown. Such an effort play on that one. Um, For the most part, he pretty much went in by himself. I think he got a little bit of help from Trey Turner at the end. uh, But for the most part, it was all him with two or three uh, eagles there on him. So it's, it's very nice to see this running back kind of uh, getting more confident, you know, using that power that he has. Um, and he's really complementing that um, that commander's offense. So, yeah, big props to Brian Robinson. And he has a bright future ahead of him. Yeah. And just
0: um, sort of a broader outlook then for the rest of the season. Do you think that this uh, game for the Eagles, do you think this is, could be uh, damaging this loss going ahead for the rest of the year? And on the other end of things, could this be the catalyst now for the uh for the commanders now going forward and what they can do for the rest of their season? Like with the Eagles, for example, they're they're traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts, who were rejuvenated in their win against the the Raiders last week. They have the the Packers coming up, who had a, a good win at the weekend too. The Titans, who won the weekend, so the 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 run for the next few weeks, especially, is not easy at all for the Eagles and. You know, they would want to make sure that they get things right now um, so that things don't derail going forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes a loss like this can actually be galvanizing for a team, right? Um, I don't know if you watched the Tom Brady documentary, but he talked about uh, he was going for an unbeaten season and they ended up losing a game late in the year. And that really kind of brought the team together and go, okay, we're not unbeatable. We need to beat the teams ahead of us. And maybe this has the same effect for the Eagles. um. I still see them having too much talent on the roster to drop another couple of games. They may drop one, uh, very unlikely to drop two or three in the next uh, coming games. Uh, As for the commanders, they're kind of a weird one, right? They're not playing champagne football, but the way that they play the game seems to give them an opportunity in every single game that they play. They're always in the mix when it comes down to the last couple of minutes of the game. And then you can't write off guys like Taylor Heineke who have that underdog mentality uh, because he seems to be able to win games for that Commanders team. And that's something that Carson Wentz has not really proven he can do so far. So with Carson Wentz coming back, I think he's due to be eligible uh, this next game for the uh, Commanders. I reckon Taylor Heineke probably keeps that starting role until he does something uh desperately wrong but i don't see him doing that to be honest yeah i think the writing on the wall is
0: there for for carson at the moment i think he struggles to get back into that starting position i think um one of the big um one of the big things that sort of pointed our way pointed sort of in the direction of taylor heineke was of course that billboard that was up in the in the commander's um big screen I think in, the, in, in last week's game in last week's were they playing at home where it was to renew your season tickets now and instead of having Carson Wentz as the main foe it was Ta- Taylor Heineke and I think he has such a rapport with the um he's such a rapport with the fan base especially there that I think that they won't stand for having him drop down to Carson when he is eligible because he has shown more in the time that he has uh, had with Carson's injured, that he should be the starting quarterback.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, obviously the media is spun a little bit because it's coming out of the uh, the commander's organization. But from what they're putting out, it looks like Taylor Heineke has a better rapport with the team in general, with his fellow players. So if he's a fan favorite and a favorite amongst his teammates, uh, I can't see him losing this job. Um, exactly, and I'm sure if
0: Fion was on the show as too, he'd be calling for Heineke to be the star every week too. Um, but uh, we'll ask him that next time he's on the show. He's not here, so we can't get his opinion. As although as close as we are to having his brother on the show, we still we won't get you to speak for him just yet, Rain. Um, let's move on to the next topic, and um, the Rams continue to struggle this year. Um, a defeat at home to the Arizona Cardinals. In a matchup between the reserve quarterbacks, because both Matt Stafford and uh, Kyler Murray both missed the game, so it was, it was John Wolford and Colt McCoy, and Colt McCoy came out on top for the Cardinals last week. But the biggest news coming out of that game was the injury to Cooper Cup late in the game. Um, it is a, as far as I believe, let me just see here, I have a story now. Um, he's going on IR. He has a high ankle sprain that he's going to undergo surgery on. Um, So he's out for at least the next four weeks. He's going to have tightrope surgery on the high ankle sprain. Um, It's being called significant. So he's going to miss at least four weeks. Um, And I think a big decision on whether he comes back is going to see, is going to depend on how well the Rams do in those four games that he plays um, because if they lose three or four of those games where basically that kind of ends their season, I think they would say to him, all right, rest that ankle, come back for next year. There's no point in um, you re-aggravating that injury towards the end of the season and causing you to miss more time. Get your your off-season program ready now. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. And I think even if there was like, like, These high ankle sprains seem to be the new on-trend thing in the NFL at the moment. And just from looking at it myself, it seems to be that if you go and get surgery to repair this high ankle sprain it pretty much means season over anyway right so he's going to be doing very very well to come back before the end before the end of the season as it is and if the rams are not in a position to go forward into the playoffs there would be absolutely no reason for cooper cup himself to put himself at risk out there like he's going to get paid anyway he doesn't care uh, and i don't think the rams will be too eager to to be pushing him back onto the field either, if they are in that position where they are totally mathematically out of the playoffs. Yeah,
0: and we've seen also this year Mac Jones has had the same injury or the high ankle sprain, but he's refused to take it to go for surgery, I should say, um because he did not want to miss um, the season where it would look like he would if he did so it is maybe the rams are just trying to give that little bit of hope in case they do go on to run in these four games but with their best receiver gone and their offense already struggling and the amount of injuries that they've had i was just looking at it before we came on air with some of the players that are on ir you know three of their um two of their starting o-line i should say is on i are on ir Um, sorry excuse me that's joe noteboom and david edwards you've got the likes of jordan fuller on on ir as well and so many injuries on that team but it seems as though um it's not just the injuries it seems to be the 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 offensive play itself and i bring it back to previous times we've talked about it on the show and i've said that the loss of kevin o'connell is such a big one he although sean mcveigh is the play caller i'm sure kevin o'connell was really involved in coming up with those plays as well so um i think that the coaching um side of things that they've lost is huge and now they're losing the players and and matt stafford has sort of regressed to sort of you know the matt stafford of the detroit lions days maybe when he was not at his greatest and you know it just it doesn't seem to be a good time right now for the rams
1: yeah, 100%. I agree with all of the points that you're making. But for me, I really think that most of this pivots around the regression of the O-line. Uh, we saw Wolford out there at the weekend. I think that the, um, the commentary team were kind of bashing him a bit, saying that he was all over the place with his accuracy, but he didn't have a minute to look downfield. During that game, he was just constantly under duress. And that's down to injuries and loss of significant pieces on that O line. Like even the likes of Austin Corbett, who wouldn't be like a brand name, household name. I only know him because he came to the Panthers, but they lost him. He was a pivotal guard on that O line during that Super Bowl run. Um, so they, I think they lost four of their five starters from last season um, to either injury or to retirement, or to trades. Uh, so, yeah, that that's really where it all stems from. So if you don't have your an O-line, your run game gets worse, your pass game gets worse, and it just becomes more difficult to scheme around that because you have to understand that the quarterback is not going to have the same amount of time, so there can't be that level of deep threat that we saw last season. So, re- really, I do agree that they have lost pieces, and they have lost, like, obviously... Um, the quarterback has regressed a little bit and the coach, as he said, uh, moved off. But that O-line is what's causing them all that trouble, I think. And once they get that sorted, they'll probably be back to their winning ways. Yeah. Um, do you think now with the club
0: injury, do you think that they make a greater effort to try and contact OBJ's people and see if he hasn't if he hasn't already made his mind up on where to go to try and persuade him a little more?
1: Well, I mean, I think if they have any money left in the coppers coffers, they should be throwing bags and bags of it at Odell Beckham. But to be honest, I don't think Odell is going to bite this time round. I think he wants to go to a contender. And with the Rams the way they are, they just do not look like a contender. He's more likely to sign maybe a, a less lucrative deal with somebody like the, uh, the Bills, say, um, just to kind of give himself that opportunity at winning another ring. Yeah.
0: Uh, just a question that's come to my head because we just just so we happened to mention OBJ. Obviously, with all the 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 media attention about where he's going to go and the fact that now I think he's cleared to finally um, join the team and play, if he was to if he was to join the team, I am struggling to see why, if you know what I mean, at the moment he's coming off his second ACL injury. Um we haven't seen anything of him in terms of he hasn't released any video practices or anything like that of how he's recovered from that knee injury either. I don't see why so many teams are willing to take such a punt on him at the moment. Um, mm. Yes. Look, he performed very well with the Rams and, you know, he's been fantastic in his time with the giants, you know, the Browns, the less talked about that period, the better um but just coming off a second significant knee injury um in a position um you know in the wide receiver position i just i'm struggling to see why at the moment i'm struggling to see why you're going to take such a risk i don't know am i just being over cautious I, I don't know what's your view on
1: it yeah i i i think i think a lot of teams are going to share the same kind of skepticism that you do like he's had two significant knee injuries and kind of um, history will tell you that he's not done having knee injuries because the guys who this happens to the knee generally tends to be weaker and they'll end up getting them over and over again Um, so I would reckon what an OBJ contract would look like at this time would be heavily incentive laden kind of bare bones to start with but if you're winning rings you're scoring touchdowns it's all going to add up to the kind of money that obj um, if he is fully healthy and fully fit it, it he's going to end up making his money that way uh but for me if i'm a gm i'm not giving him a whole lot of guaranteed money because i mean the the, the risk is there that he re that knee um and i mean yeah he might not even be ready to play football if you sign him uh this season
0: yeah I, I just i don't i don't see why these contenders are willing to leverage part of their cap space and and you know maybe their season on obj for him for the possibility of him to go down and look listen it can happen with any player at any time that anyone can get injured i understand that but when the the track record is there of the injuries and, and stuff and I just, I don't know. He, he, he performed so well with the Rams, but he was free of like serious injury for a long time. And he was able to get in there and just um, become, say the second receiver there behind cup. But with some of the teams that they're talking about, he would have to be the first receiver. Like if he goes to Dallas, he's wide receiver one. I know CD lamb had a great uh, weekend last weekend, but he's wide receiver one. If he goes to Dallas, the bills. Yeah. Okay. He's wide receiver two. Maybe he's wide receiver three behind Gabe Davis. I don't know, possibly. Um, and of course, sorry, Stefan Diggs is wide receiver one. Um, Who's the other one? The Chiefs are another team. He's definitely wide receiver one in the Chiefs. Um, he Obviously, Travis Kelsey is the main receiver in that team. But, um, you know, it's a, it is a big risk on someone coming off a very serious injury. Um, you know, it, it is seem to be on like, the history that's why he's getting so much um attention at the moment. But look, we'll see what happens and whatever team he goes to um, and see if it works. But one of those teams, like we mentioned, that are interested in him um, and they're going through a bit of a struggle at the moment is the Buffalo Bills. And um, they lost at the weekend, of course, in that absolutely crazy game of the year contender, 33 points to 30 in overtime against the Vikings. 10 points up at one stage in the fourth quarter and then he still go on to lose that game um, Josh Allen struggled um, in the red zone he ran all over the team for most of them, but two needless red zone interceptions he now has the most interceptions in the league with 10 um, ironically enough actually Kirk Cousins is fourth in that list um, he has uh, he has eight interceptions um, but uh, we're focusing on Josh Allen on this one and um, what are your thoughts on what's going on there? The, the elbow injury was reported all week. We even thought at stages that he might not even play on Sunday. He did play. Um, his throwing arm looked okay for the vast majority. I don't think you can put those interceptions down to his to his elbow injury, um, especially that one in overtime. They were just poor throws. Um, but they're going through a bit of a lull at the moment. Um, What are you thinking with, with the, the Bills and Josh Allen? Is, is it just a lull that they're going to snap out of? Or is there something maybe greater at play here?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. So obviously there is talent all the way through that team. It's probably the best defense in the league. But they ended up giving up 30 points to um, to Kirk Cousins at the weekend. 31 points to Kirk Cousins at the weekend. 33. Um and yeah, so they have a star-studded offense as well. But again, they did not get it done uh, against against the Vikings. And going back to what you said about Josh Allen, I 100% agree that you cannot put this down to the injury. Those two interceptions were bad ones. Um, and he didn't have the injury when he was playing against the Jets. And he threw two more red zone interceptions in that one. I think this is a case of Josh Allen becoming maybe a little bit too... Uh, dependent on his physicality, like he's got an arm like a cannon, he can run all over people. Uh, and when you kind of get that confidence going and rolling against teams that you're you're obviously going to beat, um, you can kind of get a little bit too overconfident. And I think maybe that's what's happening. He sees gaps in defenses that aren't actually there because he feels like he can fit the ball into uh, impossible spaces. And that's what it looked like, particularly on that last uh, interception I think I can't remember who the receiver was but he had a guy wide open kind of underneath on that route. So, uh 15 yards down the field, he had a guy I think wide open oh, probably Dawson Knox I think it was. I think it was Dawson Knox. Yeah, but he went for the 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 killer shot to the end zone on that play and there was absolutely no need. Um so yeah, I think I think Josh Allen really needs to look at himself. He needs to pare back what he's doing and not go for that killer blow on every single attempt because he is a fantastic quarterback he can get the underneath stuff done as well as he can go for that big long shot down the field. Do you think that uh he's been you know
0: feeding into his own hype a little bit and he, you know him and the team were hyped up so much there were so many people including myself Super Bowl and MVP pick this year that maybe he felt like he had to take the game into his hands like this and had to throw ha- have to force these balls in to win these games
1: yeah, it's absolutely possible, but I mean, he just needs to look at the roster around him. Okay, he has Stefan Diggs on the outside, one of the best in the league. He has Gabe Davis over the other side, who is absolutely exceptional, probably the best wide receiver, too, in the league. And um, he has Dawson Knox, who is an absolutely serviceable pass catching tight end. He has a couple of running backs who aren't the best, but I mean, Devin Singletary can get the job done. Uh, he just needs to take the weight off his shoulders. And I think he has taken on that weight. He sees himself as an MVP and he needs to put in a MVP performance every week. But I mean, we see every season that quarterbacks do drop games here and there where they maybe don't have the stats, but they get the job done. And I think that's what Josh Allen really needs to start thinking about going into games.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, t- I, I agree with you there. And um, I think, look, Last season, the Rams went through a similar period around this time of the year where they had a couple of losses. Then they sort of, you know, regrouped, got things back on track. And then, of course, look, history is history and they went to win the Super Bowl. So, you know, you're you're never going to go a full season without any sort of issues or or trials or tribulations that you're going to have to overcome. This is the period that they're going to have to do that. And look, we could be sitting here in, three, four weeks time when they've gone on these runs of like three, four wins in a row and they're back in command of the division where we're just looking back and saying, why were we ever worried about them? You know, it's just, it, 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 it just time will, will tell. And look, they're too good of a team to to suddenly fall off the, the edge of the cliff. And um, I don't think they will. Um, Next up, what we're going to talk about, um, and this is actually an exclusive because if you follow our socials, which you should, um at Undercenter pod on instagram and at Undercenter pod on twitter you will know every week we give out our hot seat rankings for head coaches because other shows and other profiles will do you know power rankings for teams but you know we want to do something a little different so we we do hot seat rankings and we rank sort of the sort of the four head coaches that have sort of are closest maybe to uh to losing their job You know, we've had Matt Rule on top of the on top of the hot seat rankings for a while before he got the boot. The same with Frank Reich. So, you know, we know what we're talking about. Um, But I want to give you a little exclusive into our week uh, heading into week 11 uh, hot seat rankings. Um, And I'm going to bring it up here now if if everything will start to behave for me. Let's see if it works. Technology is difficult. Technology is very difficult sometimes. There we are. There There we are. There is our latest hot seat rankings. And as you can see, sitting right at the top of that list, despite winning last week, we still believe that Cliff Kingsbury's seat is the hottest in the NFL at the moment. Um, They beat a very poor Rams side. Their team is still having issues. I don't know, Rain, have you seen the first episode of the in-season hard knocks to the Cardinals? I have not. No, is it available on Game Pass? Because I was looking for it, but couldn't no, find it. it's it's not on Game Pass. The in season one is HBO. So there's other ways you have to f- f- try and watch it, and um, not just it, it won't be on the Game Pass. At least I haven't found it yet. So I have to find alter- uh, alternate uh, ways of watching it, and um there's some dysfunction <laughs> in that team. Let, let's just, let's just put it that way. Um, it, it started off with their game, um, their week eight game at home to the Seahawks. That's when it starts. That's the first game that they've sort of progress. Uh, they've talked about and you know, there was a lot of arguing on the sidelines for that. And, um, I think Cliff Kingsbury is struggling to keep, um, some egos in check. Um, most notably that of Kyler Murray. um, And he's struggling to get the best out of him at the moment. Second on the list, the Denver Broncos head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. He may be in his first year in the job, but the Denver Broncos, and this is, this is a crazy stat that that I've seen during the week. They are first in the NFL for points allowed. So they have the best, almost the best defense in the NFL, but they're 32nd in offensive points scored. So they're the worst for points scored. That, that just shouldn't happen. Um, you're either the best at scoring or the best at stopping a team from scoring. You can't be both. It just it shouldn't work that way. And that's what's happening with, with the Broncos at the moment. And things just don't seem to be going right for Nathaniel Hackett. You know, the 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 well-publicised trade for Russell Wilson is um is not working out. He was hit 18 times and Sunday against the Titans. And look each eight every one of those 18 times he was hit you know just makes me feel a little better but it's not making the broncos fans feel any better at the moment uh josh mcdaniel's is third on that list uh he, the raiders are just i don't know what's what's happening there and look i'll, I'll get your uh I'll, I'll ask for your point of view on, on the list and, and, and the people on it in a few minutes but <clears throat> the josh mcdaniel's experience in in las vegas is just not working out at the moment um you know uh a loss again at the weekend against the Indianapolis Colts, who of course were going through their own issues with their new head coach that has never head coached before in, in Jeff Saturday, and suddenly he's turned Jonathan Taylor back into one of the best running backs in the league. Um uh, okay, unbelievable game on, on, on Sunday, and just things go from bad to worse with, with the with the Raiders. Can't get anything going on offense. Most of their offensive weapons are now injured as well. Um, So the only can really rely on the likes of Devontae Adams and and Josh Jacobs. Um, And then Lovey Smith is fourth on our list with the Texans. Only one win this year and one draw. The rest defeats. Um, For a team that I thought was going to be the sleeper team in the NFL this year and was going to actually pull out some decent games and results. They are struggling to get anything going, especially on offense. David Mills, from the promise that he showed at the end of last season has regressed um, and isn't showing much at the moment. Um, the defense is the same. It's, it's not... It's not sure. It's it is. It does look like what it is. It's a bunch of journeymen that have come together. They've signed a load of them as free agents in the offseason. And you know, when you get a when you get a load of mediocre guys in your team, that's what you're going to get a mediocre team, and that's what they are at the moment, and kind of a little worse than that. But, but Rain, first of all, um, your your point of your sorry. Uh, what do you think of the list in general? Do you think that the names and the rankings are correct? And then sort of go into it there a little bit in in the names and and why you think that they deserve to be on the hot seat.
1: For me, it's pretty much spot on, right? I I think Cliff Kingsbury is definitely the next to go uh, from the list of coaches um, that we have there, simply because it seems like he's having a very uh, a very public spat with the franchise quarterback, right? And I think the owners are going to look at this and go, look, that franchise quarterback is costing us a whole lot of money and a whole lot of cap space. Cliff Kingsbury, he can go back to college. He'll get his payday. And that's the kind of thing with the – we learned about the the Matt Rule clause in the contract that if he gets a coaching job uh, after a year, say, they don't have to pay out on the contract once he goes back to coaching in college. And I'd say Cliff Kingsbury is probably the same. Um, so, yeah, it's not going to cost the Arizona Cardinals a whole lot of money to get rid of Cliff Kingsbury in the end, I don't think. Um, and I think we're getting towards that point, right? So, obviously, the win at the weekend would have helped him, but it was against a struggling Rams team. And I think another tough, heavy loss to an opposition is going to be the last nail in the coffin for Cliff Kingsbury. I think the next two guys on the list, Nathaniel Hackett and Josh McDaniels, are only... Kind of not at the top, if you know what I mean, uh, because they are first year head coaches. So Nathaniel Hackett, this is his first job. Uh, It's obviously difficult to come in there and uh, get the job done. And what really frustrates me about that specific scenario is, as you alluded to, that defense looks elite but they brought in a lot of weapons on, well, not a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball, but they did bring in Russell Wilson and it seems to have regressed that offense. So that must be very, very frustrating for the entire uh, ownership. Ownership has just passed over and we see that can often lead to uh, firings of coaches. So maybe Nathaniel Hackett will be uh, one of those guys to to go. Um, with Josh McDaniels, um, he got that kind of ringing endorsement from his owner there during the week where they said, We're absolutely happy with the way he's doing things, he's our superstar going forward, and that's often not usually a good thing. That's kind of a you need to get your ass in gear, kid. Uh, the, or else the, the dreaded vote of confidence
0: that's yeah. that's for, for us over here to support soccer as well. When you hear like a team give their manager the vote of confidence, that's when they're like. Yeah, we're going to sack you soon if you don't sort stuff out.
1: Yeah, it, it gives me big uh, Ferguson-Beckham vibes where he goes, we're never we're never uh, getting rid of David Beckham, and then a week later he's gone. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, frustrating times at the Raiders. There's talks of maybe a tank going on that they are looking to move off Derek Carr. I don't think they probably will with the amount of money they have tied up in his contract uh, over the next year or so. Um, but there is talk of maybe them looking at the Ohio State quarterback, CJ Stroud. So they're probably in a good position in that respect because they are at the moment, the number two, uh, the team drafting number two overall uh, based on current results. Uh, with Lovie Smith, I feel a bit bad for him because it feels like he's built some decent building blocks on the team. Can I, I, just, inter-
0: can I just interrupt you there one second? Just on you were yeah. saying on that draft pick, is that not Green Bay's draft pick because of the, the Adams trade?
1: Is it? I, I I was looking at this earlier, it, so I'm just possibly...
0: trying. To, I'm trying to think. You go ahead anyway. I'm gonna look that up there.
1: Yeah. Anyway, with Lovey Smith, I feel a little bit bad for the guy because he seems to have built some decent building blocks, uh, and from an offensive perspective, he looks to be kind of a quarterback away. Maybe he could do with another like standout wide receiver. But in terms of the quarterback, he was dealt a bad hand with getting Davis Mills, and he couldn't add to that QB room last season because we saw that the draft was historically poor at the QB position. Um, I love the way Damian Pierce is running the football. Uh, and it does feel like they are kind of just a small little bit of talent away from turning this thing around. So they might be able to grab another win, maybe two wins uh, between now and the end of the season. And if they do that, that'll probably be enough to save Lovey Smith's job going into next season. Now, whether it'll last very long after that, I don't know. He's probably going to be first to go if things don't turn around. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do feel bad for Lovey Smith, regardless of how salty I am about how he got the job, given that he was so bad as a college coordinator. Yeah. Sorry, you're right. I, I got
0: it wrong. They did get a first round pick and a second round pick, but that was for the 2022 draft. Right. OK, so that that's 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 my mistake. I'm sorry about that. You're right. They are second at the moment to 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 draft. And of course, the Texans are first and. Yeah, with the Lovey Smith thing, I, I would normally I know he like three of those four our first year head coaches. Um, but with Lovey Smith as well, the way the Texans got rid of David Culley last year in his first year, and um, when he actually performed better, um didn't sit right with me. And obviously this this ownership group and um <clears throat> and the higher ups there can decide just to get rid of a head coach on a whim. So that's why that's that was my thought process about putting him on the list not for anything that he's done i know i know there are only one what are they one one seven and one or one eight and one um it's just that the way the ownership is that they could just get rid of him just like that um so that's why he's on the list a uh, question actually for you because um we've seen two head coaches lose their jobs mid-season already um do you think we see any others lose their job before the, you know, the infamous Black Monday?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's going to be Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I think he is one bad loss away from from losing his job. Uh, I'm not sure what their schedule looks like moving forward, but given their division that they're in, they probably have some decent opposition coming up.
0: I can get the schedule here for you now so for the next uh, couple of games they are playing the Monday Night Football this week in Mexico City against the 49ers, then they're at home two home games in a row against the Chargers and the Patriots at the Broncos, at home to the Buccaneers away to the Falcons and then they finish up um, away to the 49ers to end the season
1: That is a very tough schedule moving forward and I think if things go really badly for them versus the um... San Francisco 49ers and then against the Chargers, it's probably going to be game over for Cliff Kingsbury. Hmm.
0: I think I now, I myself personally think that we're done with head coaching firings before the end of the season, unless something crazy happens in terms of like, you know, a John Gruden situation where emails come out and his position unattain- is um Sorry, his position is no longer tenable. Um, I think Cliff Kingsbury will be part of the Black Monday sort of, you know, brigade of of job losses. Um, Same with Nathaniel Hackett. And I know they're saying Josh McDaniels is safe. I don't think he's fully safe. I think if they can look around and see if there's any up and coming coordinators looking for a job. Um, I'm looking at the likes of Ken Dorsey in Buffalo. Um, Maybe Eric in in Kansas City. Um, that they um will jump for them because it just doesn't seem like this is not just the Raiders. Josh McDaniels, it's not working out. It's also it's it's continue continuing on from when he was the head coach of it was the Broncos, wasn't it? Where he had the awful record as the Broncos head coach. Um, obviously went back to New England. You know, he could end up going back to New England after he loses this job. But I I think that. Um, Josh McDaniels really, really is in a lot of trouble.
1: Yeah, 100%. I I agree. And I think Nathaniel Hackett is probably the same, I'd say, probably with the way the defense is at the moment. Black Monday rolls around. D'Amico Rhines is still available as a as a head coach. I think they're gonna snap at him because he could bring in guys off that uh, that Shanahan tree to run that offense, and he is just uh, a wizard with the defensive side of the ball. They've already got a stacked defense, so that's probably who I'm thinking is gonna is gonna go to uh, the Broncos after Black Monday. Okay, okay,
0: uh, that's a that's a good show. Do you, do you have any sort of other? Head coaches, we should be on that should be on the lookout that maybe could potentially make the list if um they don't start writing any wrongs soon. Uh,
1: one or two who could probably pull their business. I'm really, up, but I, I know, I'm nothing. really
0: putting you on the spot
1: right here. Yeah. <laughs> I really have to put think you on the spot. of 28 other teams. Team <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm happy with our top four.
0: Yeah, Um. what about Dennis Allen in New Orleans? Again, another first-year head coach. He was the defensive coordinator there for years. Um, He is struggling there at the moment with the team, you know, 3-7. and Do you think he could be in a little bit of danger?
1: I mean, again, I think he's helped by the fact that he's a first-year head coach and he has a lot of experience with the team. Uh, He's not helped out by the quarterback situation down there. Uh, I don't know how Andy Dalton is continuing to keep that job as QB1. But obviously he's seen something in James Winston that he doesn't like even more than what he's seeing out of uh out of Andy Dalton. So I mean, if if results keep going badly for him, yeah, absolutely. Um he's in a division that's really up for the taking next year, I'd say. Um so the the Saints won't be long in hanging around and trying to get somebody in who's going to succeed in that division. Yeah, and um a name I want to put
0: out there to you, actually, that's um, it's not going to get a lot of media coverage because it might sound a little out there, um, but it's definitely a possibility. And I think that's Sean McVeigh. There was a lot of rumors in the offseason that Sean McVeigh was going to retire after winning the Super Bowl and take up an analyst job. I think that the fact that he was just married, they might try to start a family soon as well. I think he might. He said... It, I think I can't remember who reported it. I think it was Rapport and it might have been Schefter. That he was tied to the futures of Cup, Donald, and Stafford. That if they go, he goes. But I think he could go before that. I think if this season continues to be the cluster um that it is, that I think he could evaluate things in the offseason and he could say, you know what, I'm wiping my hands of this. I need a break.
1: Yeah, maybe uh, fire himself, if you know what I mean, like in terms of just walk away from it. um, Do a Sean Payton walk away. Yeah, exactly. Things are not going well, and the way the roster looks at the minute, particularly with the draft capital that they have moving forward, it doesn't look like they can fix this in a year. Uh, So it might be worth his while to step away. Like I think he has a winning record with the Rams uh, as a whole. So yeah, step away at the end of the season, call it a day. Yeah totally 100% and look
0: we'll see like I said it could be a far out thing it may not actually come to fruition but I just with the stories just it came to me there with the stories in the offseason and the fact that um he's having such a, a tough time of it now and it could be the perfect time for him to say right guys I need a break thanks but I just need to, to take a bit of me time at the moment and that, and that could happen. Um, but we'll, we'll just wait and see if that does. Um, uh, only time will tell, of course. But I think this is going to be where we're going to wrap up this edition of the show. Before we do go, we must mention that we are brought to you in partnership with Locker. Locker is a new sports app that centralises premium sports content and puts the power in the hands of fans to personalise their world of sport, including a range of premium NFL sources that can be tailored to your fan experience. If you don't, if you want to add in more sports to that, of course you can, you can have football, any sport, football, GAA, rugby, golf, cricket, any of those sports, and it will continue with with, um, premium sources in those fields with um, up-to-date news as well. If you want to even, if you want to even narrow it down a little more and follow teams, follow players, get reports on that you can too download the app for free in the irish or uk ios and play store today and make sure you download it now because there is some um some great content coming up on that soon we can't exactly tell you just yet but i promise you it's definitely going to be worth checking out for sure um also make sure you are following us on our own social channels that is at UnderCenterPod pod on twitter same Also on you on Instagram. I've been asked a couple of times about this because a few people have gotten it wrong. If you're putting center, it's not C-E-N-T-E-R. It's C-E-N-T-R-E. The Irish and UK way of spelling center. That's how you're going to find us. A few people haven't been able to find us online because of that. So C-E-N-T-R-E for center. Um, If you are looking us up and want to follow us on any of those platforms. We're on YouTube as well. Same thing, search under Center Podcast. Do the same wherever you get your podcasts as well. That's where you'll find their show. You can listen back to previous shows that we've had in previous interviews too. Um, Brian, as always, sir, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thanks very much. And remember to keep donating to Movember. Uh, talk to a friend. Just be positive mental health wise excellent stuff excellent and the, the link to
0: uh, donate to rean's november is on our social pages too we'll tweet out it out and again after the show um so that if you do want to donate um for a great cause you can too as well and um, but like i said that is where we're going to wrap up this edition of the show uh until next time stay safe and we'll see you soon